0: To parents on pictures podcast, my name's damien I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And what we do each and every episode is we take a film from popular streaming platform Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Disney Plus, from time to time, that kind of thing. And then once we've all had a chance to see it, we come in here and we discuss whether you should invest your time in watching it. Because at the end of the day, we're all parents, and we all have jobs and lives, and often. Uh, especially in like Matt's case and Sam's case, we only have time for like one film a week, if that. So before we get into the main part for today, we're playing about with a new um, structure to the pod. So we're going to start off with something that we call What Else Have We Been Watching, which is an opportunity to kind of talk about anything else that we might not cover on the pod. So, gents, who'd like to go first?
1: I'll go for it if you want go for it sam so i'm going to do two but very briefly um been re-watching peep show um watched Mm -hmm. it back in the day and re-watching it it is as cringe as it was back watching it the first time through it reminds me of in the same way as in between is is like this is what school was really like you know (laughs) The, the the peep show just reminds me of sort of i don't know kind of That sort of early 20s, trying to be cool, failing miserably and just, you know, kind of your life just being in tatters or whatever, I don't know, just and then making all these stupid mistakes. And yeah, but it makes me laugh. I love it. Um, And the other one is I discovered that there's a whole season of Man V Food that you can um, get on demand on Sky at the moment. So whenever I'm just sat in the living room uh, with the little one, I'll just smash on an episode and pretend that this is everything that america is and um and make myself happy and forget about the other stuff about america that <laughs> is not so good um, yeah love a bit of man v food so that's me
0: oh i remember man v food my wife and i used to watch it all the time uh, a couple of years back because it was it was on i think it was on netflix and they had like loads of series on there and just kind of disappeared man v food's awesome yeah, awesome
2: show. I, <laughs> I, I I don't know Man v Food, but um, Peep Show is an incredible TV show. There's uh, oh, so busy. many classic lines and quotes coming from that show. It's brilliant. brilliant. Oh, yeah.
1: And again, I know I spoke about it on a recent one, but um, the weird thing is that on the, the BBC drama Vigil, um, the, uh, the submarine commander is played by the same actor that plays Johnson from Peep Show which is just just really weird it's like no you shouldn't you shouldn't you can't do that you are johnson i will not allow this
0: (laughs) love it and i'm curious because i haven't seen peep show since it first came out ages ago does it still hold up today is it still just as funny or is it a little bit more you ain't gonna get away with that in this day uh
1: no because i think it was always on the on the boundary i think it was always kind of pushing you know um at the time i don't I'm not watching it back thinking, oh, you wouldn't get away with this. I'm watching it back thinking, oh, I felt cringe watching this the first time around and it's still just as cringy and yeah, I just love it. Yeah.
0: Brilliant stuff. Love it. Okay. And Matt, what have you been, uh, what have you been up to mate? Cause you've been really busy, like so I've, busy.
2: I have been busy, but we managed to squeeze in a film the other night. We, um, we went through Netflix to find a, a classic, something I haven't watched before, something that's, in the in the kind of epic zone, and we went for Untouchables, uh, which made 1987. Um, Kevin Costner, um, Sean Connery, Robert De Niro, and it's based in uh, Chicago during the Prohibition, um, and tells the story of of how Al Capone was was eventually um, caught, if you like, um, by via his financial transactions, not his criminal uh, stuff. And it was absolutely fantastic. It's it's has an odd score, um, that, that is very 80s, but really pull pulls you into this gangster world. And um it's it's fast paced, almost cheesy at times. Um, I don't actually know if it won any Oscars uh or anything, um, but it it was fun. It was fun and, and well worth my time.
0: I I that was one of those who, um I, my parents had a big video collection. Uh, for you younger listeners, a video is uh, basically before DVDs and digital. You might not even know what DVDs are these days. <clears throat> um, so there yeah, I think,
1: we've, I think we've established our, our listeners are basically our demographic <laughs> our age
0: group they know what vhs is uh, that's true that's true i've still got vhs behind me on the shelf there um so yeah it was one of those that i raided um from my dad's uh videos back in the day and i remember watching it and i think I was too young because back then God, i mustn't have been more than 10 i was bored stiff absolutely bored stiff so i'm, I'm gonna have to go back and re-watch that
2: yeah yeah that's kevin cosner cool. and and um And Sean Connery uh, working alongside each other in the police force was was definitely a treat.
1: Two things I remember: I remember the the scene which uh, kind of pays homage to like a classic movie with the uh, the baby stroller going down the stairs during Mm -hmm. the gunfight. That's classic. And I also remember Sean Connery's accent. Yes, we won't talk about it. It Doesn't doesn't matter
0: what Sean Connery's playing; he never gets rid of his accent. I mean, take it—he played a Russian. um, What was it? A a Russian U-boat, or no? Excuse me, Russian submarine. Um, Oh God, I can't remember the the title. Anyway,
1: submarine driver. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) I was
0: gonna say Colonel or something. It's not that. (laughs) Anybody who's listening is gonna be shouting it at me because it's a hunt for Red October, isn't it? And uh, he's supposed to be a Russian with the thickest, thickest Scottish accent you've ever heard from a Russian. But uh, there you go. When you're Sean Connery, you don't need to do Jack. You just you you say your lines however the hell you like. Um, love it, absolutely brilliant. I'm gonna have to go back and catch that one. Cool. Um, and I've been watching uh, two things I want to talk about very briefly. So last time we were here, I just started The Strain, um, which was a, a vampire apocalypse uh, TV series on Disney Plus And, um, it was, uh, created by Guillermo del Toro. I butchered his name last night. Um, I'm very sorry about that, but, um, I, I think I binged four seasons in a week. And, uh, unfortunately it It steadily got, you know, steadily got worse, but I kind of, I, I appreciated how they finished it. To be perfectly honest with you, I, I kind of liked how it ended. Mm-hmm. I think it's a type of ending that it would split an audience. Some would like it and some would be like, no, this is this is not how we want. Whereas I don't mind a bit of a more bleak ending for your main characters. I'll give you a little heads up as to what happens. Um, so I really appreciate it. So yeah, four seasons still on Disney+, well worth your time, in my opinion. And something that I caught recently, and this is not exactly a hidden gem because it's massive on Netflix at the moment, but I've been watching Squid Game's. Um, which is, I'm, I love all this um, this type of stuff. It's a, I believe it's a, a Korean production, Netflix original, which means they probably bought it as opposed to put money into it, but I don't know for sure. But um, it's about, I think it's uh, 400 and something or other, yeah, about four four hundred 456 um, individuals decide to join in this uh, uh, series of games. It's not until they've actually signed up for the first game that they realized that it's a uh, games of life and death as it tends to be. Um, but it's done in such a really cool way. And I love this kind of thing anyway. So I watched uh, sweet home, um, which was uh, another one of these types of things, but it's about, you know, everybody on earth turning into demons and people trying to survive that and uh, anything down these kind of lines. I'm a hundred percent up for it. So if you've not caught it yet, it's well worth your time. Squid games on Netflix is brilliant. And it doesn't hold back on the, the more gruesome nature of what it's trying to do as well. Is it uh, subs or dubs? Uh, both. You Either or. It's entirely up to you. Um, so because I was watching it whilst I was working, because we're doing a lot of paperwork this week, um, I had it on uh, dubs. I normally do subs, but um, I, I had to work, so I couldn't read as I was going. And I don't think that it took anything away from it, to be fair, because what I usually do when I'm listening to something that's dubbed, um, I'll put the subtitles on as well, because... Sometimes the subtitles don't match the dubbing. And uh, no, it's pretty spot on. Actually, it was pretty spot on. And the, the the voice acting um is really good. I know that sometimes you dub a film and it can be it can sound really cheap and, and, and really horrible. Um, but no, this was this was really effective and it it was done really well. So I, I appreciate the production values there. And um yeah, I if you're into that kind of survival type thing, I 100 percent recommend it. It didn't take me long. It took me a day to watch all of it, but um, like I said, I was I was on a paperwork day, so yes. I was in the office for about sixteen hours. Um, so I just watched the whole of season one, and uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well worth your time. Cool, nice, good, good selection. I, I'm going to have
2: a check them out. I think Sounds nice, good. nice.
0: Okay, so um, this episodes actually no, I don't like that. So I'm going to cut that out. Right, let's move on to the main event today. So, Matt, what is it that we've come in here to discuss, dude? So, uh,
2: this week, we, we all watched um, a Korean Oscar-winning um, movie called Parasite, uh, which is a, uh, a film about two families, one, one very poor and one very rich, and how they come across each other in, in, in a series of events. Um, we don't mind spoilers on this channel, do we? So I could go into a little bit more detail. but
0: Yeah, and I think given the nature of this film, we're kind of going to have to. And I know that I keep saying that, but um, there's no real way to actually talk about this without spoiling it. So yeah. for those of you who are, like, wondering whether it's something that you should watch you haven't seen it yet... Um, all I'm going to say is, yeah, go ahead and and give it a watch. It's you know it. You're not going to waste your time if you want the official verdict. You've got to listen to the whole pod. But yeah, I think we should go straight into spoilers straight away. Quite frankly, so Matt, take it away, mate. You have been yep. warned.
2: Uh, so it is uh, about a, a family that are down on their luck um, and no one has a job. Um, what what this the young the young boy's friend comes and visit and offers him a job. Uh, working as a translator, or a, a, an English teacher, sorry, for a very rich family that he, he's been working with. Um, one by one, each, each member of the family gets a job in this house and they have finally uh, a living lifestyles that they were wishing for when they were, when they were down and out and out of luck. But things uh, take a very nasty turn for the worse midway through the film. Um, I think I'll leave it there. <laughs> we, we can reveal the rest as we go along. Absolutely,
1: it, it's really hard to talk about this film without spoilers. Uh, I was thinking exactly the same thing because it is such a dramatic shift, and I, I don't know. Uh, like you said, Dame it's hard. It's kind of like don't listen to the pod. <laughs> go watch well, it. Well, this, this is maybe. it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> let me let me just give the listeners a little something. So we're going to spoil it. Matt's done a great job of of not spoiling it in that plot. So cheers for that, mate. So let me just tell you this, if you put any stock in the Oscars and the awards at all, and you like foreign films, so you don't mind subtitles and you're you're happy with that that type of thing, uh, it won four Oscars, it got another 301 wins... And 272 nominations. <laughs> I have never known a film to be nominated and win so many different awards. I mean, that is insane. Now, don't get me wrong. The Lights of Lord of the Rings, I think it was nominated for like, and I'm talking the first one, like 13 Oscars. And didn't it win like nine of them? And that's that's great and everything. But when you consider that this won four Oscars... And then it won 301 other awards. It's like, forget the Oscars. Crikey. So that kind of gives you an idea of the quality of the filmmaking. Now, whether you're going to enjoy the story or not, that's different. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that we can kind of say much more than that without going into spoilers. So away we go. Um, Sam, before the pods, I tasked you with... Uh, Reading out the names and the stars of who's in this. So, so let's, uh, let's go through the cast, because this is an impressive cast. Um, so take it away, May. Who's in this?
1: Well, of course, our director is uh, Bong Jun ho I think I've Good done start. pretty well. Good start. I think yeah. I've done pretty well there. And, and we, I guess we settled with the, the person that we were talking about in terms of like a, a standout performance, but also someone that we're recognising from other movies as well, is Kang ho Song um who uh plays i'm gonna say Tech might be the right way to pronounce it i'm not sure mm-hmm. but he's the he's the father of the uh the the poor family um and yeah i mean in this movie the character that he's playing is is kind is is he's a deadbeat dad basically um uh they you know they clearly you know there's cl- they clearly as a family they are they are together there is one but there's no getting past that he's kind of you know like at one point it's sort of his, uh, there's a great bit where we kind of is talking to his family and they say you know what's the plan and he said well my plan is that i don't have a plan if you make plans then everything goes wrong so just don't ever have a plan and it's like <laughs> great role model um <laughs> sums, we-
0: sums them up in one really
1: <laughs> yeah but we were talking about the fact that he has been in some fantastic movies and some fantastic performances in other films as well. Mm,
0: yeah, you, I you I'd like certainly. to Sorry, sorry, Matt, go for it, mate.
2: I, I've got, I quickly, I'd like to highlight one of my favorite films. Is in I, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Weird, uh, which is a uh, a Korean Western um, that um, he he pulls the, a performance out of the bag. He is hilarious. He has your hearts. He's tugging on your heartstrings throughout the film. It's is it's he, a is he comedic in that? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. a it's a it's a wild film. It's it's if you haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend adding that to your list. The good, the bad, and the weird. That's correct. Yes, no, I'm good. That's um, great.
0: great on my list, mate. That sounds great. Uh, but he 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 is a a uh, you know classic actor. Yeah, he's got well, some great movies. In there. Is he the reason I had to ask whether he played a comedic role is because? It's like he plays four completely different roles in the films that we're about to talk about, and um, he nails every one. So in The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, he's comedic. In this, he's a deadbeat dad. In The Host, he plays, again, a completely different character. And in Snowpiercer, again, a completely different character. This guy cannot be pigeonholed.
2: No, but, uh, did you not find his character in this film funny? I, I, I was found... laughing several times in this film. Were you from, laughing from with him, with,
0: lar- with him or at him?
2: Um, I
0: think with him. When you know, for,
2: for for an example here, where he's uh, talking about, um, he's going through the script that he's um, that he's written that he's going to say to uh, the the mum of the house of the of the place he that he's driving for. Um, he he. Uh, when he's going through that script, he's, he gets overexcited and, you know, you do see the, the, the enthusiasm build and his son tells him to keep it calm, keep it calm. Mm-hmm. It's just his, his, his reactions in that point had me in stitches. Um, and I don't know if that's just me, but I, I found this quite a funny film at the same time.
0: I, I thought the first third was really amusing. It kind of played like um, almost like a heist, like beats beat wise and energy wise which I suppose is kind of fitting in the sense that they are planning to um, take over the roles of the household. So um, the reason that he's going through a script is because he's trying to set up, who is it mm-hmm. that he's trying to set up with the script? It's the, oh, he's trying to get someone fired and he has to get it right, which is why he's going to say, they're getting,
1: the, they're getting the housekeeper fired. That's so it. So that they can bring in the mum to yep. replace her. Yes, yeah. obviously, yeah, as another housekeeper. So and the- and the whole and the whole thing isn't it is supposed to be this um uh introductory agency for kind of uh elite uh housekeepers or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And and the whole and again, um we're we're kind of I guess we're steering onto a different bit of a different topic, but um I I, I loved that whole setup, that whole kind of just exploiting the um the desire for this rich family, or certainly the parents, to have, you know, the very best, the the prestige, and how they, you know, supposedly there's this this family who are poor and you know they're at the bottoms of the rungs of society, but also they are shrewd and incisive enough to know exactly how to manipulate and basically make a fool out of this family because they know what totally. their weak points are.
0: Absolutely, and it, and this this is why I thought it. The energy was good. I, I'm not going to say that I laughed out loud, but I was extremely amused during this whole first third where they were trying to get their entire family into the household without the rich family knowing that, A, they're all related, <laughs> and, B, they were trying to get, obviously, the existing housekeepers and whatnot and the driver uh, fired. So, yeah, the first third of this film was was very was comical. I'm not going to say that I laughed out loud, but it was very amusing and i thought obviously it doesn't but i thought that was going to be the inevitable conclusion i thought that they were going to twig that one of the ways to get rid of their immediate problem at the end was to do the same again but take over the roles of the rich couple (laughs) i'm not sure how they would have done that but i thought that's where it was going is that they've already taken over the roles of the uh the the driver and the cook and the the uh, English teacher and the nanny for the son It's like, why not just try and become this, this rich couple? Why not try and take over their lives? I thought it was going to do one of those types of things, but to go back to your point um, about the comedic elements of um, Kai Tech, I, um, I could see that there was a lot of energy there. And I think that uh, Kang Ho Song had a lot of fun playing around with that but I didn't I didn't laugh out loud I didn't know whether I was supposed to because I didn't really know what film I was in at this point in time
1: yeah I again I'm probably taking the same as you and this is not a criticism at all no because um, no, no. I think um, I think either way either way it works well um, I maybe it was just I didn't know what to expect but all I knew was that people who'd seen this movie had found it to be shocking should we say. Not and and I but but I couldn't peg in what way because everyone had been pretty good in saying, like, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Um, and and I'd kind of said to someone, like, is it is it a horror? And they're like, no, no, it's not a horror. I'm like, okay, so I don't really know what's gonna come, you know, what's gonna come out from it. But I I felt like this just building sense of dread as we got as we got further and further through. So I probably, whilst I would agree with Matt, you know, there definitely were. Uh, kind of comedic elements there the just overwhelming sense of knowing that something is coming and I don't know what is coming um uh was was kind of there and, and and certainly there was a point where I did think similar to Damo you know is it going to be that somehow they're gonna you know maybe in, in some kind of dark way they're going to replace the family um and I wasn't sure where it was going um, and, <laughs> and then the movie just went went somewhere that I was not expecting, <laughs> uh, but yeah.
0: So let, oh, let's, let's do the, uh, sorry, Matt, did you want to come back to, to Sam? No, 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 you, you carry on, you carry on. Um. I, so let's, let's go to the, let, let's work through this uh, chronologically, which is not something we're used to doing, but I think we have to with this film. So they, they're successful in their endeavors. The whole family manages to move in basically under the guise of being a housekeeper, um, Basically a nanny, but uh, like um, uh, a behavioural correctionalist, a, a psychiatrist, so art,
1: psychologist. Art therapist. That's, yeah, that's it. Art yeah. therapist.
0: Couldn't remember. It's not a real thing. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. no. I, I jest. I get art therapy. Uh, just don't understand it. So we've got a driver, an art therapist, uh, an English teacher, and uh, basically a housekeeper but they're all from the same family. The way that they got in was genius. I love that. I was having so much fun watching them put the plan together, rehearse the plan, get everybody in one at a time. Just the way that they did that was like, yeah, mm, beautiful. Chef's kiss. And and then it changes tone because the old housekeeper comes back. When the family's gone away for on a camping trip to celebrate their son's birthday i think it is Mm -hmm. um the housekeeper comes back but the family who shouldn't be there only the housekeeper should are there and then everything starts to unfold and unravel i'm like oh yes
2: before we jump into the unravel um i'd just like to 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 discuss the the lull that they create there uh they they uh they show these people starting to relax in in uh in in not their house and they start all drinking in the living room and, and the the film the film comes to a, a very slow point probably the slowest it gets um until we get that knock at the door and I think that was a very very clever uh direct in there how how
0: slow things actually get. Mm. But here's uh, the thing were either of you bored during this slow part? Not one bit.
2: No. I thought the dialogue Again, was hilarious. The daughter um, mm. who was drunk out of her face, talking rubbish. Uh, the mum and dad winding each other up. Um, the 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 son um, uh, like almost trying to impress his 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 dad with with his with his comments. Um, they they built a really fun family unit here. And we, were, although it was slow, okay. it was definitely not boring.
1: Do you know what they put? I think I would say they they put the fun in dysfunctional. Um, it's like the Korean version of The Simpsons. Um, that, I don't know that that's not being derogatory. Like like you know you you would never say that this is a healthy family environment. But, um, <laughs> but you know it, it's like you know and and again when you compare it to the very opening of the movie when um and again I felt that kind of quite um quite challenging like the idea of you know them being in that basement apartment. Having to try and find someone, you know, find find the spot in the room where they can steal some access to some Wi-Fi. All these things that you take for granted so much. And and what would you do if you've got, had access to this rich person's absolutely amazing house? Um, yeah, you would you would raid raid the liquor cabinet and and go nuts because when are you going to get the chance to do that again? Um, Too true. Yeah. Too true. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I wasn't bored either. Um, I agree with both of you. Um, I thought that it was so well handled and Mm. i didn't even realize until the piece was disturbed that the film was going into a lull that's how well i felt that this was done um i just thought that we were taking a breath with the family who were enjoying you know everything that rich life has to offer and this is this is where my brain started to go well surely the next natural course is for them to take over the family's life. They've already taken over, you know, everything else. And this is where I thought it was going to come from because dad, um, yeah, the dad starts talking about how plans just present themselves. And he he starts thinking about what their next move is. And I figured that that's where it was going to go. And then ding dong, everything starts. Yeah. To go.
1: And, and yeah. even, even just the image of the housekeeper on that video monitor, because pre- previously we'd seen her immaculate and in control and everything like that and, uh, until the point where they uh, basically poison her because she's allergic to peaches or whatever it was. Yeah.
0: Um, How to but, genius. Yeah.
1: But um yeah when when you see her like all bedraggled and you know and her face is kind of cut and and I was like what is going on and that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about this because clearly um uh uh, uh Bong Bong Junho has kind of he has the experience with I would say things that are more kind of horror um uh and uh this is obviously not a horror movie but it definitely draws from some of those like horror tropes like the that that whole basement and that the doorway to the basement just this dark void that takes you down there um and and the way that she's like sort of i don't know when she's trying to open the when she's trying to open the 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 secret um kind of panic room door to get down into the further into the basement and yeah, I I was like the tension was like really heightened in me because I just did not know what we were going to find down there and what she was yeah. looking for. Um, and it could have, to be fair, it could have gone anywhere at that point for me. It could have gone full on horror movie for me, and I would not have been disappointed. Um, where it did go, in terms of it sort of still being kind of very much grounded and being like a thriller, um, still still worked fantastically. Um, so what?
0: What do we find in the basement? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we go on to what we find in the basement, I wanted to talk to your point about how she appears. So she's immaculately kept when she's a housekeeper, and then when she's outside, she is she looks like a, a withered old lady. You know, she's completely drenched because it's raining, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I felt, given what we know now, that that was just one hundred percent a mask because. She knows how to fight back. Now she says so she she can literally flip on a coin. So one minute she plays the um, um the immaculate, well spoken housekeeper. The next minute she's bedraggled, innocent, frail old lady in her clothes, trying to keep dry. And then towards the end of the film, she's like, "She's going to come for you. Uh, don't step in her way." Or you're gonna to have to deal with her, which ultimately is something that they did have to try and do. So, just props to um, the actress. What's the? I see you looking at the names. Oh,
1: yeah, go- am I going to get the right one? I think we're talking about Moon. Uh, no, that's the character Li Zhuang. I think is the actress.
0: Total I'm props to her. Know. She basically played yeah. three characters in one body. Awesome, absolutely awesome. And then yeah, Matt, what do we find in the basement, mate? So we find the housekeeper's husband who has been
2: down there for, God, and I, I can't remember whether it's actually said how long he's been down there, uh, perhaps years. Uh, hmm. But while she was housekeeping, she, she had kept him in, in the basement, kept him fed, watered. Um, and the reason for her panic was due to her being uh, kicked out as a housekeeper. This guy had been no longer been getting fed, so she she was trying to get back in to to, uh, to make sure he was alive. And, really, yeah.
1: And I I love like the layers there. You know that they think the you know and the whole obviously the whole thing is that they're like parasites. They're, this family is parasites, kind of leeching off this fam. But then there's a whole another level that they didn't mm. even realise was going on. Um, and yeah, just the way. And again, um, the really interesting thing I think about is the 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 male um the male kind of like masculine characters in this movie are just um there are no heroes you've got a deadbeat dad you've got the basically mummified man that's kind of hidden underground you know he can't deal with you know what's gone on in his life so his wife has had to kind of shut him away and hide him and then you've got the 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 father in you know the, the the rich kind of artist who just Seems to not really have much control over what's going on, and um, uh, and, and yeah, um, I, I found that I found that really interesting. The fact that actually, when you look at the movie, it, it mostly is the female characters, the feminine characters, that step up and are like, "I'm going to deal with whatever the problem is that we need to deal with." That's
0: is that a fair good. assessment? Do you think? I I think so. I think that the female character is very strong in this. The one thing I would say is that the reason that the husband is in the panic room seller type thing, didn't he get into an absolute ton of debt through failed mm. business after failed business, but the people who wanted the money back never stopped looking for him. So he kind of yeah. had to disappear. So he, mm. can, he almost, not quite, but he almost had no choice. But yeah, it's like the, the, the men to a certain extent in this film are very dependent on their... Um, on their wives or their partners or or what have you it's like as you said you've got the deadbeat dad whose general theory and, and ethos towards life is don't make plans you'll only be disappointed and then you've got the other guy who's living in the basement who is 100 percent dependent on his wife because she's the only reason he's still alive you're basically um,
1: treating him like like a like yeah. a child like a, like a baby almost mm. um yeah oh no i i, I and again and then and actually, that's a very good point, because then I think actually probably what we have them the sequence that I found the funniest. Um, and it's interesting because there's a whole commentary about kind of social media and phones and and how this whole idea of that the housekeeper, the old housekeeper manages to catch the whole family on video, which is the evidence that would expose them. And then there's this is whole sequence where they're basically holding them to ransom and she does this whole monologue as a, a, news, a news presenter for North Korea as if she's about to nuke them all. That, again, you're right, Matt, this this movie is funny. It is, yeah, that made me laugh and I'd forgotten about that completely because I've been focused so much on on the kind of the darker side of it, but yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, to, to 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 go back to your point earlier about the 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 the, the men in this film um, being being kind of a deadbeat down and outs relying on women, I think the son um, is a is an exception here, played by Sun Kyun Lee uh, Dong Dong Ik. I might have this might have that wrong again. Apologise, but um, you know he he um, he he's the one that that starts. Getting this family, and you know, he he has the quick thinking. oh, I, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll I'll ask my sister if she wants a job. She can teach art. Um, we see it at the very beginning when when the mum, well, I think when the dad messes up the pizza box folding, um, he's the one that, that that speaks to the to, to mm-hmm. their boss. Um, um, and and ultimately at the end, he's the one that that pulls the family back together. Um. Mm. And oh, I should man.
1: probably say, I should probably say, um, I don't want to equate kind of, um, you know, relying on and being supported by women as equal to being deadbeat. I think it's mm-hmm. probably more of a Western versus an Eastern thing, but in the kind of a Western movie, typically the man would have to be the hero and would have to solve the issue and find a way out of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe in a more Eastern approach, or maybe it's kind of, Certainly recently, I've heard it told as more of a heroine's journey when you have characters that find solutions by bringing other people in to help them. Um, and maybe that's the whole point that the family works together. So it's not just necessarily that deadbeat equals you have to you know, so weak that you've got to have women to help you. Um, but I think it's just fascinating how the interplay between the kind of the feminine and masculine roles um uh, uh, kind of play out. But you're right. The sun, the son does have a sort he's more of the mastermind, shall we say, mm-hmm. um yeah. uh, behind kind of the 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 ideas and and I think then his character almost kind of gets broken when they they do manage to make their way out his his spirit is almost kind of broken um at, at that point um because mm-hmm. it seems like his his plans are are kind of uh, gone and like visually as well i guess sort of just if you don't mind if we talk sort of like about the i guess the cinematography and you know i thought this movie had some really kind of striking images in particular the sequence when the sequence when the the family managed to they managed to escape the house that the the rich family have come home they've managed to dodge their way out the 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 old housekeeper and the husband are locked back in the cellar. We, you know, we know, something's going to happen with them. And the the son and the daughter and the father have managed to escape. And they're just, they're going home in this torrential rainstorm. And just those wide shots of them mm-hmm. sort of going down these streets and down these stairs and basically just descending back into like this hellscape that they live in, but is actually their real home. I found that really, uh, just really impactful. Just yeah. fantastic. And especially, I guess, as we've gone from all these really claustrophobic, you know, hiding under chairs and tables and hiding behind things to these big open shots of them walking down these these steps. Um, that, that that's certainly a kind of imagery that will stick with me for a long time from this movie.
2: Yeah, I, I was extremely impressed by the cinematography in this, and and you're right that that particular passage there. There's some there's some truly incredible stuff. They leave they leave that that house where they were claustrophobic, but the, the scene they were in, you know, it's a stunning house, and I, I believe it was actually designed for for the film um, and made for the film. Um, they they they're walking through this, the the um, them kind of decaying um town that decaying town as they walk back to it to a flood um where it's been raining so much and uh the that scene where they they go into their house and and you know everything's everything's underwater and the toilets it it backlogged and and shooting um shooting god knows what up up onto the ceiling um that was incredible and there's a lot of a lot of um, hard work and effort gone into creating them scenes. And I think it's, it's beautifully filmed.
1: Mm, yeah. And, and prior to, prior to that, and I, and I think it plays out certainly in, in, the, um, in the next few scenes, obviously we, you maybe felt a little bit bad for that kind of rich family because they are being exploited and they're having all of their kind of, you know, their, their faults kind of um, taken advantage of. Um, And then when the family come back, because obviously they've got to carry on this charade and um, and 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 then you feel, I don't know, personally, I felt very unsympathetic towards them at that point when they're having this big party uh, for the son's birthday. But it's not really about their son. It's about them and about how kind of affluent they are. And um, and you can just see basically all the, the members of the of the poor family really especially the father really kind of chafing underneath, like having to carry on with this, this charade, um, -hmm. the, you know, at the expense of of all the wealth and opulence that they're seeing around them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair point. Um, and again, it's, it's just done so very well, but it's done subtly. It's not a hit you in the face kind of thing, which I Mm. really appreciate because, you know, the the themes are very clear, but the way that they put them across is just so nicely done. Um, But I I think that we skipped over one of the most, or one of the best comedic elements uh, of the whole film. And it's the way in which that they deal with the, uh, the old housekeeper and her husband, and the fact that they tie her up and she manages to get loose and she runs up the stairs, and just as she's about to basically burst open and say hello... Uh, the new housekeeper kicks her and she falls all the way back down at that point oh, i was but man. <laughs> that was yeah i mean it was
1: like that was slapstick but also Pure slapstick man. but oh. then
0: it's it's punctuated by the almighty crack of her skull against the mm. wall so it's literally mm. half a second of that's hilarious followed by oh crap she's probably dead um mm. and it was at that point so this is just getting from bad to worse not only are there two people that they're trying to keep downstairs in a cellar room that the rich family has no idea exists but also they may well have killed her as well it's like oh this is this is where it starts to get really <laughs> yeah. bad and, and that 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 comedy punctuated by darkness i think
2: is is, is it happens throughout this film. I mean, I mean in the basement again when he's Smashing out Morse code on a button with his head, you know his forehead is bleeding, but he he he's he's looking at a, a, a scout Morse code uh, thing, just smashing away. I mean, the, part of me chuckled, part of me thought, "Poor man." But mm. I,
1: yeah, I and you, you said Damo There's obviously there's some like there's definitely subtlety, and then there's just like there's again the 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 ending of the movie, and you know. You know that we are going to see some some violence is is coming at the very end, um, and I again I found it uh, really impactful because you had just the the kind of the serenity of this you know beautiful party and everyone wearing the sort of their kind of pastel colours and all that sort of thing, and then just the blood and the the violence as um as you know uh, the uh, the the well not really a massacre. But the 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 fight um, begins, and um, I don't. Did, did you did you see it coming that um, uh, um, Kang Ho Sung? Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that he's going to do something. Um, but did you see it coming that he was he was basically un- going to unprovoked murder the uh, the father? Um, uh, and let's see if I can get this pronunciation right. Played by uh, Park. I'm going to go with.
0: So I didn't think that the whole ending was going to unravel quite in this way. No. Um, so the, the man who's down in the cellar it manages to escape in quite, again, quite spectacular fashion. There's a bit of, um, darkness punctuated with humor there, especially when the sun's trying to escape um, but as it turns out, he doesn't. And then obviously, uh, the the uh, the other guy does. And then he comes upstairs and eats a whole bunch of things and just grabs a knife and just walks into the back garden as everybody's celebrating. Um, I no, I didn't. I did not see this coming at all. because uh, I I thought up until this point that I knew how this film was going to end. I was convinced that they were going to try and replace the rich family. I just didn't know how they were going to do it. So I didn't know. I didn't expect this at all. And then for that kind of level of violence to be unleashed, I was like, damn, okay. Um, No, didn't, didn't see it coming, which I'm, I'm ashamed of myself because now I watched the film again and I'm like, yeah, the clues are there, man. (laughs) You know, you know, if you, if you, if you pay enough attention, so clearly I wasn't paying enough attention.
2: I didn't see it coming either, Damon. that um, makes me feel a bit okay. better. I'm not gonna lie, that
0: makes me feel a bit better. You're a smarter man than
2: I am. So. I I um I I felt I felt something was coming. I felt there was there was it was we were we were gonna have some kind of violent outburst from somebody um, while watching. Um, if 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 um, if if you'd asked me to guess what was gonna happen. I I thought that they would all get caught and it would end up quite sadistic torturing by by the dad, Um, the the um, the the dad of the the rich family. I thought that was going to be the ending personally. Did
0: not see that coming. That would have been dark. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I um I think again not to not to be all like oh well I did pick up on it but um i think um the point when he starts asking the father about questions about you know do you 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 must really love your your wife and he starts asking him these strange questions and and this whole thing's been building up about them not the the smell the smell of the mm. it's particularly the smell of the the dad from the poor family and how you could see that it didn't bother him much to start with that now it basically, and 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 I think if I remember rightly, that's the trigger. Because rather than help, rather than help, again, I think the character is uh, the character played by Sun Jun Lee, uh, the man from the cellar. Rather than help him, um, the the rich the the, the rich father uh, basically kind of re- is revolted by his stench and, and has to try and pick up his keys from next to him. And at this point, the guy's been stabbed with like a meat skewer or something and and that seems to be what triggers the father to be like, "I'm gonna murder this guy um uh, which yeah, uh, I guess he just had enough of um the, the way yeah.
0: that i the way that I read that scene was the fact that he'd spent all the 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 poor dad had spent all his time, albeit under false pretenses, looking after and listening to and becoming friends with the rich father. And when it came down to it, rich father didn't give him monkeys. Um, he grabs the keys. His 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 son, the rich father's son, has, has simply fainted at the sight of blood because he's literally seen someone get stabbed in front of him, which is an understandable reaction. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but the poor father's daughter is dying because she's the one who's been stabbed in the chest. And the rich father's response is, oh, it all smells, I've got to get my son to hospital. Sod the rest of you, I'm going to leave you here to mm. die without offering any aid. And I think for me, anyway, the way that I read it, that's what the trigger was. It was the fact that when push comes to shove, they're not cared about, your daughter's dying and nobody gives a damn. And so he's like, mm. right, fine. So he grabs a knife and he stabs the rich father right in the chest. Was it the chest or the shoulder or around that area? But yeah, um, around that. Yeah, around that area, and for me, that's that's, a bit, that's how I read the scene.
1: That's a, that's a bit deeper than he was annoyed because the guy thought he smelt. Um, <laughs> so you're probably right there. Um, on a complete tangent, one thing that struck me is if you if you'd had this film from the viewpoint of the family, as in the rich family, um, and particularly maybe from the viewpoint of points of the son, it would be a really good horror movie. <laughs> um mm. because that whole the whole idea of this son is the, the, the reason that he is supposedly sort of um agitated and you know is because he's seen this ghost, which we know is the man from the cellar.
0: That scene um, in itself when uh, they did that flashback, which yeah. was what two mm. seconds? Oh, absolutely mm. terrifying. Because mm-hmm. these yeah. eyes mm. appearing from pitch black, even though we, the audience, knew who it was at this point, I still mm. found that terrifying brilliant absolutely brilliant
1: yeah and um and and uh again a nice unresolved ending um was it just a fantasy that that um because of course we find out that again and really again love that little twist um the the father then goes back in and hides in the panic room um instead of being caught by the authorities yeah brilliant does the son does, is, is that a is that a fantasy is that like or or is that an actual vision of the future that his son manages to you know go to university become rich enough to buy this house and
2: rescue his father oh i i i, I think because it's right at the end it doesn't matter whether it's right which way it is. <laughs> um, i I'd like to think that it it did happen
0: but i could be wrong but uh, and, and, I, and I think that's the joy of the ending because what they do is they um, the, the the father who is very cleverly put himself in the cellar downstairs um, because again the, the the rich family still doesn't know that that cellar exists. All they know is that a madman walked into their back garden and started slicing at the people. They don't know where he came from. Which again, super clever, well done. But um, so he when he goes down there and he locks himself away, he starts to communicate with his son through Morse code, much like the um the other guy did whilst he was down there now i'm not gonna that that takes some dedication guys i mean morse code that long a letter crikey (laughs) so but i suppose if you if you're locked away you got nothing better to do have you but um yeah you the way that i read it was as he's reading out his father's letter and he's going through hey you know He's responding, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get married. And when I've got enough money, we're going to buy the house and they walk out and the father comes out of the the basement or, or whatever you want to call it, walks into the back garden, which is where the son says that he'll be with his mother and they hug each other. Then it goes back to him reading the letter as though it was just him envisaging what he's going to do. So me personally, I read it as didn't happen. But they made the son competent enough throughout the film to, again, do the other reading in the sense, yes, actually, he is the only one that actually had a brain. So it's highly possible that it could. But the way that I personally read it, probably because I'm just a bit dour, was, uh, nope, didn't happen, purely because of that last scene.
1: Mm, i think i'm probably inclined to go with you damo for the uh, depressing ending um <laughs> uh yeah sad to uh, uh sad sad to say um but i did i did like the um i did really like that kind of little little last twist of you know and um, that the father's gone back and but also not i like the fact that it was you know uh, as much as he didn't want i don't know what what the I don't know what the punishment, what the, the penalty would be. I'm sure you wouldn't be a very comfortable to be in an actual prison um, uh, for the crime of murder or whatever. Well, I don't know whether they have capital punishment or anything like that. Uh, but still, I like the fact that, you know, through seeing him relay this message, you know, he is kind of relaying the fact that, you know, he's basically imprisoned himself. Um, he can steal some scraps of food, but he's, terrified of being found um and uh, uh and it it's kind of like you say it's that whole sort of heist thing um but it it plays out you know that there's real really a massive consequence that there's very very clever thing to do to evade the uh the authorities but i love that little kind of sort of storytelling flourish of like mm-hmm. that this isn't you know he 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 didn't escape he um he imprisoned himself in mm. this kind of this tomb,
0: so to speak. Fair point. And do we feel that if he'd actually done nothing, then they would never have suspected the family? Because the only reason the father is actually hunted in the first place is because he stamps the rich father. But at this point, the family don't know that they've been deceived. All they know is that a nutter has walked into their back garden.
1: I think their uh, stories would have unraveled anyway. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it would have kept the pretence after that.
0: Fair enough, Matt. Anything to add,
2: mate? Um, So I I went through some of the trivia on IMBD the other day with this film, and uh, there was a few few points that really stuck out for me. Um, You know, beautiful, beautiful film, and and it was actually edited on a on a out of date. Um, non-supported piece of software uh, on Final Final Cut Seven uh, that Apple stopped supporting in in 2011.
0: Hey. And, um,
2: they they actually received an Oscar. The guy who did this received an Oscar nomination for editing. And uh, you know, I, f- I find that hilarious. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, film studios use spend thousands and thousands of pounds on software, and this guy had an old old uh, Final. Final Cut Pro 7 kicking
0: around that used, I thought fantastic. Eleven, that's brilliant. But we've said it before, I mean, look at Love and Monsters, what they did with their budget and you've got massive multi-million pound studios or million dollar mm-hmm. studios that can't create anything that looks anywhere near as gorgeous. So, fair play, 2011. Have you ever tried to use software from 2011? <laughs> Guy deserves an Oscar, Jesus. My laptop from them won't even switch on.
2: So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I don't know which, which version you guys watch, because there's two versions on, on Amazon Prime. There is oh. the um, the colour version and the uh, black and white. And I'm just curious, which, which ones so you, you guys...
0: I watched the colour version. I wanted to watch the black and white, and I still will. But unfortunately, I ran out of time before we came to record this pod. So I will still watch the black and white, but I watched the colour version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how watched, about yourself, um,
1: I watched the colour version just purely because I knew there was a black and white version, but I, I thought, again, I thought I would, I, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I'm sure I've read that it was kind of the director's intention was to uh, have the black and white, you know, he wanted it to be black and white initially. Um, but I thought I'd go with the colour one first and then, like Demo said, you know, potentially revisit in black and white.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, Which I, is I'm something really- I don't, sorry, go ahead.
2: I, I recently had a bout of uh, of covid so i was in in isolation so I, I i did actually manage to watch watch both um and um there there was a, a definitely a difference and, and after reading what why the director decided to do a black and white one i can, i can understand um i can understand why he wanted to um the the black and white was was actually graded again. For for the film, it, they didn't just just whack a, a black and white filter over the top. They they completely went in and redid all the all the light grading. Nice. And um, his his reasoning behind that was to get rid of some of the beauty within the shots and um, allow characters to 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 come to the the forefront. Um, and and reducing removing the color, surprisingly he did that. Um, the, the second watch I was. I was um, I was more in tune with the characters and 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 the, and the acting, I think, rather rather than rather than the environments that they were within.
0: That's really yeah. cool. Well, I look I look forward to my revisit on the black and white, which I'll probably do at mm-hmm. some point during uh, during this week, actually. So mm-hmm. I I suppose I'm trying to explain something that I don't really know much about, but I suppose it's like if you take away. Um, stimulus, then you focus more on what's actually in front of you. So if he's taking away, as as you say, the the beauty of the shots, you're focusing more on the characters, and it seems to have worked really well. So I'm really looking forward to the Black and White revisit. Mm, it, it was definitely worth a second watch as well, the, nice.
2: the movie in, in itself, yeah.
0: Did you feel I'm that... Um, oh, sorry, Sam, I was, I was just going to say, um, did you feel that it um, impacted less on the second viewing? Or was it one of those that you could watch again and it still feel just as, as, just as powerful?
2: Um so i i knew where the where the beats were coming and I, I think i found it funnier on the second time round. i think the nice. first time i i was um filled with you know i was quite anxious throughout and you you could feel that feel it build and you didn't know when it was going to explode or, or drop again well
0: that explains it that's why you thought this was a comedy because you've seen it
2: twice. <laughs> but, yeah the second time round, yeah i think the the dialogue really uh,
0: there's there's sam and I me mean, still fresh off of the anxiety but you've already seen it for the comedy <laughs> 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 sorry Sam I was just about to I, I interrupted you what were you about to say mate
1: no all I was going to say was that I've heard that there's a really good black and white or I think they're calling it uh, they've called it black and chrome version of uh, Mad Max Fury Road Yeah, um, I've seen that. Now, I'd now like to good. I would like to find that um, but yeah I'm interested um, I think I've already said this on the pod but uh, through a dodgy scart connection to the back of an old school TV I accidentally watched the film Memento in Black and white, the whole thing, <laughs> and of course, the scenes in the past are black and white, but they are so I remember me and my friends just stopped at half a feeling like, What the hell is going on?
0: Man, you must and be no... so confused,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then we carried on and watched the rest of it, and the whole thing in black and white. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, um, the one thing I was going to mention just briefly because we always uh, I, I, I like to kind of pick up on the music, and um, I wouldn't say necessarily that. I don't know this is a soundtrack I'm gonna go back to again because sometimes I will pick up like and listen to them while I'm working or whatever. But I did find the music very effective, mm. um, uh, kind of like just building the the mood, um and, and and in particular some of those sort of like more intense scenes. Um it really helped um uh, to to do that.
0: I um I, I agree with you again. I'm I'm not the the music guy here. I kind of leave that to you two, but um, I think that the from what I noticed, the music really helped with the different tonality because the tone of this film it's not all over the place because that would suggest that the tone is a mess. But the tone changes depending on what part of the film we're in as i mentioned at the beginning for me it felt like a heist and a bit of a comedy for the first third and it does change and the music really helps with that but i just don't want anybody to misunderstand i'm not saying that i think that the tone of the film is all over the place because normally when i say that i mean that the tone is a mess so no i i i thought the 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 music was really effective there and that's that's pretty much all i'm gonna say about the music yeah,
2: I, I, I can't remember a thing about the music. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend like I can. I can. It's, uh, no, I,
0: I don't think I paid attention. Maybe on a third visit. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, if you, leave your, uh, if you leave your scar out this time around, you can see it in Sam's vision. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Turn, turn the sound, turn the sound off. Maybe um, what... that's going to be great for paying attention. Yeah. Yes, mate. <laughs> Absolutely, it would be fine. You'd be right. <laughs> so, gents, I, it feels like we're at the end now. So, did anybody want to add anything else before we sign off today? No, no. no let's get okay. into the recommendations. Sweet. Right. So, Sam, if you kick off, Matt did the plot. So, why not? Just feels like a natural place to start.
1: Uh, I think, I think, Damo, you summed it up at the start massively critically acclaimed. You don't need to listen to us to tell you to watch this if you're a you know a cinema fan, unless you're just kind of like a naysayer or you know, contrarian. It's like, oh well, if the Oscars liked it, then I'm not going to go anywhere near it. Um, don't be stupid. This is an awesome movie. Um, really sorry for if you've listened to this and we've had some massive spoilers, but you'll still enjoy it. You don't, I don't think that will massively. Uh, um, detract from the, the the performances just the tension um, some of the the comedy within this as well yeah just a just a, a really fantastic and a movie that will stick in your head and will will just you know you will play it over um, so it's a 100% a recommended recommendation from me
0: nice I'm gonna go next because I want I'd like to hear a little bit more from from Matt about the difference between the two, if I can if I can prod you for that. He's probably going. What do you mean? I've already said it. So I apologize, Matt. But um, yeah, so I think it has the I think it has the potential to bore, and I don't mean that as in it's a slow film. It, it's funny in places. I think that the pacing is really good. I really, really do. Um, I wasn't bored at any stage. I didn't feel like it dragged even through the intentionally slower parts of the film. I do feel that if this is not your cup of tea, then you might be a little bit bored. However, given how brilliant this film is, I still think that you should watch it, even if it's not typically something that you would, because you guys know me by now I love my big blockbusters normally and you know an action. I mean crikey I even recommended um, Guns Akimbo because it was just you know completely out there and crazy it's a ter- it's a it's a terrible film yeah <laughs> both Matt and Sam right now I'm pretending to blow their brains out but on this 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 is nothing nothing like that at all Even if it's not normally your cup of tea, this film is so bloody good that it is 100% worth the watch. So forget whatever I've recommended in the past because I know that sometimes it's going to stand against me a little bit because I'm not known for much critically (laughs) acclaimed stuff. I'll recommend some SHIT. But I don't think that you should miss this film. And the fact that it's free on Amazon Prime right now, crikey, watch it. 100% make time. If you don't have it, watch this film Definite recommend. I can't recommend it more strongly. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um,
2: well, no surprises here. It, it, it's a recommend all the way around, you know. Um, the amount of awards and nominations this film got, um, you'd be a... I, I don't know if I should say this, because usually I'm not one for following recommendations, but um, or... or, or, or um, or award ceremonies, but but this this got a, a, an extraordinary amount, and for good reason. It's um, filmmaking, at the top end of, of filmmaking. Um, even if um, Korean cinema or or foreign cinema in general isn't your 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 cup of tea, um, persevere and give it a go. Um, it's
0: it's a masterclass. Ten out of ten. Go watch it. Watch it tomorrow. Love it, absolutely love it. And and Matt, have you got anything more to say about the difference between the two? I know you've already spoken to the the, the characters and spending a bit more time focused on them.
2: Um, th- there was there was no difference apart from the the removal of colour. Did um, awesome. um, I think I think there was certain scenes where he there was a change of light focus, um, bringing that out from the film, um, but. Apart from that, there was no extra scenes. There was nothing taken away, totally. um, it, and it worked well in black and white. Uh, the The ending was was less shocking with with less blood, but um, it still worked and still had had a a, a a violent. It was still a violent outburst, regardless of the blood. Lovely so yeah, it, it, maybe, maybe watch color first. I I would say.
0: Awesome. Love it. Gents, that's fantastic. And and I'm not going to lie, much like I suppose Matt, I'm not one for following Oscars. I often, I still think, I think the Oscars um, are almost completely redundant these days with what they do recommend. They get it right occasionally. And I know that it's a matter of opinion, but if you pay attention to the Oscars and the award ceremony, you can almost pick exactly what's going to get the recommendations and the oscars not because they might be the best things there but because they're the most politically sound things to to give the oscars to and I, I apologize we're getting a little bit political so i i came into this not necessarily wanting to not recommend it but surprised that something that was so critically acclaimed by the oscars and other award ceremonies that i i felt the same it has been a long 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 time um, since I felt the same way that everybody at the Oscars did as well, so it's just brilliant.
1: But also not not without its controversy in the sense that you know they did kind of uh, highlight you know the fact that some people will just not take the time because of what do they call it the um, the the one inch barrier or whatever the fact that it's literally got the these subtitles at the bottom of the screen and that literally. You know, and again, I'm saying this in kind of quite a judgmental way that, that that people can't be bothered to read some text on a screen. And the amount of films that you would miss out on, um, uh, Amelie, uh, which is a just an awesome film. I, I think there's at least two of us that, um, are potentially have, you know, I don't know if that's a connection for you, Matt, but certainly.
2: Yeah. Uh yeah I, I I named yeah. my my door after the the <laughs> Emily the character in that film. There we
1: go. I'll give you a virtual <laughs> high five on that one because it's exactly
2: the same here. Yeah.
1: The amount of things that the amount of awesome cinema that you'll miss out on. And I'd like to think that like to damo's point maybe this could be like a gateway into, you know, if if you if you take the time um to experience this and 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 um, the fact that I think Donald Trump specifically came out and said something about, you know, oh, we shouldn't have to have these movies; we should have good American movies <laughs> winning the Oscar. I think that is enough of a reason for you to watch this and take the right side on this argument, personally. Um, I love it.
2: I'd just like to add something to to your your, your comments, Sam. Korean cinema—it was a—it was a bit of a passion of mine. Uh, probably ten years ago now. God, that long ago? Yeah, and. Um, they, they it, it usually gets overlooked in, in in the world of Asian cinema. You know, everyone goes on about the Japanese horror films and, um, you know, your, your Chinese Kung Fu. Uh, but Korea have, have a, a, a long, deep history of producing some fantastic thrillers and um, speciality. And I'm, I'm not ashamed fa- a to admit it here, uh, rom-coms. They do a rom-com like no one's business. Goodness me! They've got some goodness. So, um, if if you if you if you like this and you want to explore some Korean cinema, uh, you won't be disappointed.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd agree with that as well. I mean, I, I probably haven't watched as much as you, but like thinking of like I know that when I was at uni, I watched the. Um, I think it's a trilogy. The Re- the Revenge, which again I think links with the, the the one of the main characters, the sympathy for Mr. Revenge, Lady Vengeance, mm-hmm. which are good movies. And also well, one of my favourite animated movies is is a Korean animated movie called Sky Blue, which is a really beautiful
0: uh, post-apocalyptic um, animated movie. Um, it's amazing. Which... Sorry, I I got really excited uh, when you said that. I didn't know that anybody else obviously lots of people have heard of it i didn't know that anybody else hmm. in my social circles had heard of it i've got it on dvd i bought it when i was at uni bloody brilliant
1: oh there you go.
0: yes wow. sorry there's there's a recommend for you yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: there's, a, there's another one. Oh, awesome cool. oh
0: fantastic and you know and much to your point matt you're right i i got into korean cinema through japanese horror um, because that's that's where I started with, with uh, for a catch-all term, which I don't like using, that's where I started with Asian films. Um, I started with Japanese horror, and then I went into um, sort of Japanese and Korean science fiction, which is bloody brilliant. Um, and then I just kind of got into it through that. And yeah, if you're letting that uh, that one-inch barrier, the, the text at the bottom, get in your way, it is a shame. Now, I think that dubbing these days has gotten a lot better. Um, but, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I suppose, when we started to get into it, like our early to mid-20s, it sounds like, um, dubbing was awful. Uh, it, it was good from time to time, like on the, the bigger stuff, but dubbing was bloody awful. And so a lot of the better stuff is going to be through text and uh yeah you're you're missing out if you don't put that little bit extra effort in so i'm i'm right there with you
1: again i know we're going on a bit of a tangent here but like, i saw the 4k re-release of akira in the cinema and i'd only ever seen the dub version and then seeing it subtitled there were uh, there were lines in the movie that had a really different impact different kind of focus um that um that i hadn't seen and i was so because i'd seen the 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 dubbed version so many times Mm. it caught me by surprise and it gave me like a different view of the movie so i think um like you say there can be good dubs and good subs and you can get something from both of them
0: i agree it is often different it's surprising how different it is sometimes um Mm oh just because we're on this tangent i've got to mention it every time we're talking about manga or anime ghost in the shell man the original ghost in the shell i'm like oh my god that's the that's the thing that got me into it i think that was back in what 90 oh it was early it was early i forget um at least ninety-seven.
1: Well, is a pre-matrix. Say, it's, yeah, it is
0: pre-matrix because it kind of influenced the Matrix. But man, and I still love Ghost in the Shell. Now mm. I'm just really disappointed with. And here's a non-recommend, but it's a TV series, so don't worry about it. I'm really disappointed, really, really disappointed with Netflix's Ghost in the Shell TV series that they've made. It is awful. They've it's gone animated. It is animated, but it's not. They've gone for this whole CGI animation BS. And I, I cannot stand it. It's so different. Mm. It's it feels cheap and lazy. It feels like a cash in on the Ghost in the Shell name. Uh, I watched two or three episodes. I was like, this is not for me. Not to be confused, because there are there are there are a couple of different reboots of Ghost Ghost in the Shell. So you got the Ghost in the Shell films, then you got Ghost in the Shell standalone complex mm. seasons one um, and three. Um, They're amazing. Big- They are absolutely brilliant. Then you've got the tie-in film with that again, great. Then you've got a second reboot, which is okay. I'm talking about literally the most recent, and it's like a CGI monstrosity. And they've tried to capture what made the standalone complex TV series so good, and they've just missed the mark by a million miles. I'm sorry, I was I didn't expect to go on that tangent, but my god, oh the original. (laughs) I won't be watching watching that then. Please don't. Please. Oh, my God, it's awful. I mean, no. now, watch the first episode and you'll get the vibe for the rest of this. You do not need to waste your time. If you don't like the first episode, don't watch the rest of it. There's no point. Sorry, mate. <laughs> thanks,
1: for, thanks
2: for that non-recommendation.
1: <laughs> I feel like I feel like people are getting their money's worth on this episode. Like we've, we've had like, like we've got we've done like twenty recommend non recommends uh, in the space of the end of
0: There the well, you go. I mean, we're we're talking about we're doing like an after bit in terms of you know what else? because we do the 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 one else have you been watching? But also we were like parting gifts kind of thing. And for me, my parting gift is don't watch the new Ghost in the Shell. It's shocking. So yeah, gents, anything else to add? (laughs) Sorry about that.
1: I think I'm done. I think I'm done.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. I'm spent. (laughs) Love it, (laughs) ladies and gents. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Sorry about the tangential bit at the end there, Um, but we have been parents support. Oh my god, I messed up. We have been parents on pictures podcast. Take it easy, guys. Ciao for now. Bye. (laughs)